Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of This Month in Queer History. I'm your co-host, Brent, and today I'm going to be discussing with you guys the Kinsey Reports. So, nearly 70 years ago, on September 14th of 1953, Dr. Alfred Kinsey published his work, Sexual Behavior in the Human Female. This was the second of his two books on human sexual behavior, the first being Sexual Behavior in the Human Male, which was published in 1948. Collectively, these two works are referred to as the Kinsey Reports. They are considered important works in the field of sexology, which is the study of human sexuality. The date at which these works were published is notable in the timeline of sexology. The modern Western study of sexual behavior roughly begins in the early Victorian era. The seminal work which established sexology as a scientific discipline was Richard von Kraft Ebbing, Psychopathia Sexualis, which was published in 1886. In England, Havelock Ellis expanded the field of sexology by addressing masturbation, homosexuality, and transgender people. The first institute for sexology was established by Magnus Hirschfeld in Berlin in 1919, and unfortunately a lot of the critical work done by researchers at this institute was lost when it was taken over by the Nazis in 1933. The building was destroyed and all of the books were burned. After World War II had ended, there was a renaissance in the field of sexology, the primary contributor of which in America was Alfred Kinsey. An already established researcher in the fields of biology and entomology, Kinsey turned his attention towards the study of human sexual behavior in the 1940s. The Kinsey reports were revolutionary in the field of sexology and were also highly controversial. They put forth a variety of paradigm-shifting claims, in particular around the prevalence of homosexuality and the nature of female sexuality. It should be noted that, to the best of our knowledge, Alfred Kinsey worked exclusively with cisgender men and women for his reports. However, it wasn't just the prevalence of homosexuality, which previously had been considered to be quite rare, that rattled the field of sexology. Previous sexologists, including Richard von Kraft Ebbing, had put forth an understanding of homosexuality which was accepted by popular culture, called sexual inversion. This theory pushed the idea that people who were homosexual had a mental pathology which caused an inversion of gender traits, meaning that male inverts were feminine in manner, desires, and appearance, and female inverts were masculine in manner, desires, and appearance. The reports asserted that homosexuality was fundamentally the same as heterosexuality and that it is an object choice, meaning that just as heterosexuals desire members of the opposite sex as their object of sexual preference, homosexuals desire members of the same sex as their object of sexual preference. The idea that homosexuals could look like, act like, and have parallel sexual desires to heterosexuals was a radical one for the time, and in some ways it still is. There are still many cisgender and heterosexual people who believe that they can immediately recognize members of the queer community using what is often termed as gaydar, but which frequently is simply a collection of stereotypes of queer people. Also notable was his data on the prevalence of female homosexuals. At this point in time, popular culture, which was predominantly in America, white and Christian, was the belief that women had no inherent sexuality of their own and were rather subjects of the sexuality of men. The idea put forth by the Kinsey reports that not only do women desire and enjoy sex, but also desire and enjoy homosexual sexual activities, was largely unprecedented in contemporary understandings of female sexuality. Another important contribution from the Kinsey reports was the Kinsey scale, which I'm pretty sure everybody is more familiar with. This scale went from 0 to 6 and was a measure of the spectrum of sexuality between homosexual and heterosexual. The scale went from 0 being exclusively heterosexual, 2 being predominantly heterosexual but only incidentally homosexual, 
three, being predominantly heterosexual, but more than incidentally homosexual, to four, being equally heterosexual and homosexual, and then parallel wording with homosexual and heterosexual flipped for the final three categories. It also included the X category, which is for no socio-sexual experiences or reactions. The scale recognizes that not only bisexual people, but also asexual people and the concept that sexuality is a spectrum. While its contributions were significant, it is also important to recognize its shortcomings. Many people in the decades since the reports were published have issues with the methodology, which is subjective report interviews of individual subjects. Multiple critics, including John Turkey and Abraham Maslow, have raised issues with selection bias and volunteer bias. Kinsey also interviewed and then concealed the identities of multiple men who engaged in pedophilic activity, which he said was necessary to collect data from them, but which has been criticized for protecting these people from legal action. Kinsey's data on the prevalence of homosexuality has also been questioned, with multiple critics believing that he overestimated the prevalence of homosexuality. His reports on the prevalence of homosexuality are also credited with adding fuel to the fire of the gay moral panic which intensified in the 1950s. With all of its flaws and contributions, the Kinsey reports remain a critical part of our modern understanding of human sexuality. And that is it. I hope you guys enjoyed and we will see you at our next episode. Thank you.